Father in heaven, thank you for the blessings that we have had across the week. Thank you for the presentations, multiple teachings, and moments in which we were in contact with your word in several seminars and several presenters and several speakers. Be with us as we accomplish the finishing up the, of this community 2018 and help us um, to improve our knowledge and our relationship with you because we have a task to give the world the last message, message of salvation. Be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, everything that we are doing, we are doing for, for the benefit of uh, the mission of the church. And um, sometimes um, when we are discussing in the um, situations of, or activities of administrations in the church, um, we need to keep in mind also the mission of the church. And, um, and all these topics that we were presenting are, are very important. Um, one in which we were dealing in the, in the morning until yesterday, be filled with the spirit, because the church is a spiritual entity. And we are going to be fighting in the spirit in the last days. And uh, of course, the other topic, hermeneutics, it is important because we are in a battlefield in the church, and the battlefield is regarding hermeneutics, the interpretation of the church. And um, at some point, both things sometimes touch uh, each other, but today in the morning, I'm going to share some things that are important regarding hermeneutics. Let me, let me tell you that um, if you have, and nowadays it's very common, if you have a computer, you can add up um, some kind of software for the computers that um, might be able to help you in doing um, good and sound process of interpretation of the Bible. Um, there are several. This is one, this is one, this is with which I am working with. And, um, and sometimes pastors are spending money on this. Wives are not very happy with that. And uh, I know that, but uh, let me tell you that I am always request permission for that. And, <laughs> and the permission manager is here today. So I am speaking with... And, with, with complete freedom here. So um, I am working with accordance. At the beginning, I've been working with uh, Logos um, Hermeneutica, that is for Windows. But in the moment in which I shift into Mac, Mac uh, for a time was with no very good uh, software. But finally, there is one, and that, that is, this is the one. Let me share with you. Um, this is accordance, and, and this, is, um, this is it. And I recommend that. Um, you, can, you can get um, some cheap, I am, please, I am not a promoter of accordance. I've been with them in Altamonte Springs um, in, in Florida, a couple of times, 
um, when I was starting. So I, I've been trying to accommodate my software with um, what I will say, with um, uh, scarce, not big, big invest, not just cheap invest. However, what you see here is a library. So in, in the part of the library, you are going to get um, different versions. Uh, yes? What do you say that, that the uh, program was for Windows? It's accordance. Oh, oh excuse me. Hermeneutic. Logos. Oh, logos. Logos. Yeah. And hermeneutica. Okay. Yeah. And... Um, and here you have, um, uh, for example, the dictionaries. That is, um, is very useful. And uh, let me share with you that, um, for example, one and another, they do have almost sometimes the same things. And you can open, uh, for example, the windows um, to, uh, for example, if I go here to instant details, that is here, see, up, up there, see, the cursor here, instant detail. I, I mark, for example, the word panta, and immediately appear over here, um, what, what, is, what is the word? The word and the meaning of the word and so on. So for preparing sermons, for working um, certain details, it is uh, very, very helpful. Very, very helpful for me because um, I normally I am checking the English version and also uh, this, and I am opening this with a purpose because um, yesterday we were talking about presence and absence. Presence and absence. And um, sometimes in the text, you have presence and absence. Because, um, for example, let's, let's go to Romans 14. Let's, let's go to Romans 14. And uh, in Romans 14, you are going to find out that the Bible says, uh, him that is weak, um, um, if you have it, could you, could you read it? Um, let me, Romans 14. Okay, yes. You have it? Could you read it, please? Him that is weak in the faith, receive ye, but not to doubtful disputation. Okay. For one, believe that he might eat all things. And another who is weak, eateth herbs, and um, eateth herbs, uh, let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not, and let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth. For God has received him. Uh, who art thou that just another man's servant? Uh, to his own master he standeth or fall. Yeah, he shall be holding up, for God is able to make him stand. That is from verse 1 through 3. 
who are doubt says after and and, and the following text uh, says um, one man esteemed one day above another another esteem every day alike let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind he that regarded the day regarded it into the Lord and he that regarded not the day to the Lord he does not regard it he that eateth eateth to the Lord for he gives God thanks and he that eateth not to the Lord he eateth not and give thanks and, and give th God, um, thanks to the Lord so the point is here um, and probably uh, there are several questions here um, is Paul speaking about Sabbath but it, it's a question. Is he speaking about Sunday? Is he speaking about commandments? Well, well, the point, the point here is that here is where it enters the presence and absence. Because when, let me move here. Let me move a little bit here if I can. Okay, let me, let me move back to the, uh, the, the topic here. If you go, if you are working with the English version, and here you are with the Greek version, of course, you are began to compare and, and select the, the words that appear here. One word that is critical, and I put in the presentation, is this one. Um, uh, here, here is the word. Dialogismon. By the way, there is a very um, comparative word in English that is dialogue. Dialogue. And, and in Greek, you immediately have the, um, the meaning here, in this column. Here, here you, you say, well, dialogismon for dia and lego, that is through the logos and nun, masculine, plural, genitive, that is thought, opinions, and discussions. So when, when the Apostle Paul says here, and let's get back to the presentation, um, that we receive not uh, the weak in the faith, um, but not to discuss doubtful disputations. Uh, in the original, you have the background of opinions. And you know something. First, the Sabbath is not an opinion. A commandment is not an opinion. The law is not an opinion. So, okay, you have one, one element here that is important. The other thing is that when you go to the context, and I'm going back to that, you are going back to the topic, and let's suppose that you have only this, that is King James Version, okay? Uh, no, it's, it says Reina Valera, I don't know why, but it's King James Version. KJV, and um, when you go there, 
you began to look for the words, and it's very clear that the words Sabbath is not in the text. The word Sunday is not in the text. And the law is not in the text. Okay? So then, you need to go to understand the first verse as the key entity in the rest of the section. Because the Apostle Paul is telling, in the church, we need to receive each other, not to discuss personal opinions. It's not about law, it's not about Sabbath, it's not about, uh, you know, um, maybe the first day of the week. So here, here is part of the problem. What is, what is, what is the Apostle Paul uh, talking about? Because that, that presents a very challenging situation here. And here are the elements that I, that I normally put in the presentation. And I am... And I am doing that normally I don't do because I am giving you not only the presentation, but, it, but it also what is the background in the presentation of certain topics here. But the, these are the questions. Is Paul speaking about Sabbath? Is Paul speaking about Sunday? Uh, what is in the text? What is not in the text? Is there something implied in the text or assumed in the text or not? That is, that is important here, but there are not a hint of a Sabbath discussion. So here is the, where hermeneutics uh, is going to, to happen with certain, what I will say, challenges in, in, the, in the text because, because what you have first is a translation you need to check back with the original. And in certain sense, we need to check also with other sources to see what is going on. Here, look, look that the Apostle Paul says, Jay is telling about uh, that there are some people that is in defense of, of eating um, some things. And, and the text favors, in certain sense, that view. But, but look that the Apostle Paul is not taking sides easily here. But here, here, there are certain elements that you need to begin to uh, take in account what the text is telling about the point that is um, in discussion. Because sometimes, sometimes, churches, <laughs> I don't know, some, sometimes in churches, <laughs> There are very superficial discussions, and there is a big storm in the church that is born in a glass of water. Yeah. Right. Isn't it? So we need to begin to think about uh, how we are going to solve the thing. Um, well, opinions is one of the things. Do you agree with that? Opinion. Why? Because somebody say, well, this version, this version say, um, um, you have a, a lot of, of versions, and sometimes one version is going to say, receive the weak in the faith, but not to 
then disputes. Okay. So, but but the root here is dialogismon, and that is that is personal opinions in the original. So, hey, personal opinions in the church. In the, every church has Republicans and Democrats. And the pastor do not enter into that. I, I, we are not going to, are you in favor of Obama? Are you in favor of Trump? We are, we are not going to enter into that. That will be a very, very big problem in the church. But that is not this case. And never you are going to enter into that, of course. So what you have here is personal opinions. So, that is going to tell you something that is not, that is not law, that is not commandment, that is not Sabbath. That is not even Sunday. That is not even Sunday. That is not. Why? First of all, because it's not in the text. If you go to the text, the word entolas is not here. Uh, somebody says faith. Okay. But you go to look for the word pistis is not in the original. So here, here you are beginning to send to the trash some elements to say, well, what is, what is, what is the problem here? <laughs> I need to understand the text. So here, what you can say are opinions. And I will say that the second thing that I will say, there are uh, some kind of food practices. You, you understand what I'm saying? Because some people say, is, uh, I need to, to take this, and the other not. So there is food. Food is present. And some people is taken food, taken food, and others not taking the food. So I would say that probably, and this is a kind of question mark, probably here is a kind of relationship with fast days. Fasting, yes. So I would say that if you go into that direction, you are going to enter into the meaning of the text. Um, somebody yesterday told me, and quite frankly, he, he says, well, sometimes hermeneutics, I don't know if you speak 
that way, but looks like very convoluted to, to me. I say to him. <laughs> no, I didn't know. Yes. <laughs> but 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 you are you you need to discard elements uh, here to to go to the meaning of the text. Because the closer you are to the text is is going to 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 be in the practice of the hermeneutics. So um, here is the other point, evidences, words. Um, remember that when we made the circle of hermeneutics, we say the author, and we spoke about the importance of the text and the context and, uh, you know, the customs and practices and style of life and so on. So what is in the text? Well, in the text are these elements, yes. But also, there are some things are not in the text. So the full dimension of the words in the text, uh, you need to take in, in account. Sometimes, sometimes, and please understand this, sometimes. It is good to get some kind of touch base with extra biblical information. It is, it is good to know. You remember that we spoke about sociology? Remember? We, we, took, we took the liberty to speak about um, grammatics, especially in the case of the presence of the Holy Spirit and the Trinity and the articles, in the case of Matthew 28, um, 18-19. Remember that? So um, when, when we are going to do that, that, that is important because extra biblical context sometimes is going to help here. So here is something. Dialogism is the word about what is Paul speaking here. Um, and I put all the versions. Doubtful disputations. Um, on disputable matters, uh, not to quarrel over opinions, arguing over differences of opinion and decision of scruples is another version. So I'm not going to discuss versions uh, here, but of course, when you reach on and you target the word, the original word is that, you know? So what does the law mean for a former Pharisee, for example, um, is, is, is the law a personal opinion? Well, with that, you are going to discard. Why? Because Paul was a former Pharisee. And for him, he cannot talk about the law saying that the law is a personal opinion. He is not going to say, uh, Paul says, uh, do not steal. It's my personal opinion. He is not, never. He's not going to do that. Why? Because law is God's law. And he, as a disciple, as an apostle, he's going to be in favor of the commandments of the law. Because it's God's law. That is not a personal opinion. Okay? So I would say that these are the elements that you are going to find out in the text. Opinion. A kind of elements of days, 
oh, and this is not Sabbath, and this is not Sunday, days, and food, and fast, in relationship of days. Yeah, thank you for coming. And, and here you can say, these are the elements that you may deduct from the text regarding this. So the context of the analysis that you are going to perform in the process of the interpretation are going to get around of all these elements that are in the text. Why? Because they are in the text. That is not imagination. It's in the text. And the text is going to guide you to try to solve the problem. Okay? Sometimes you need to understand that in the Bible there are a kind of uh, con conversion of situation. But you need to remember what, what are the first things that we need to remember in the process of hermeneutics. Let's, let's go to the circle of hermeneutics. The text. <clears throat> what else? The context. The author. Who is the author? Who is the writer? Paul. What is this epistle? Romans. To the Romans. Okay. What is the context of the Romans in those days? Yeah, he has both Jewish and uh, he has both Jews and uh, Romans, Greeks, whoever, uh, all conglomerate. Do you agree with my friend here? Remember something. Rome, Rome was the center of the empire. Let me, let me put an example. That, that, is, that is not the case, but just an example. Um, I, I know that every American loves New York and, and sing New York, New York, and Chicago, and so on. But I'm not going to sing today. But, okay. but the point is, when you enter into New York, and when you go to New York, what, what is your perception about what I would say society nationalities and languages absolutely absolutely enter into the town and walk for the fifth avenue in new york and you are going to feel the languages of the world in maybe two three blocks that was wrong in those days so so for some reason, remember that uh, Jewish, by nature, they like very much business. And of course, many of them converge and come into the, into the church. And uh, some of them, some of them were not in agreement over, over there in their own country. Why? Because sometimes in the Bible, in the New Testament, what, what we detect in the New Testament is that everybody was in agreement in relationship with Jesus. But between them, they are not. For example, Pharisees, Pharisees and Sadducees, they, they were uh, getting along each other. 
the, sometimes the Bible quotes them together, but they were not. They were not together in mind and in the process of interpretation. Let me give you a basic hint regarding them. And that's, that's one point that you need to take in account. And after that, we are going to go to the extra biblical source to clarify the point. For example, Sadducees and, and Pharisees. I mentioned in them in the, in the rest of the week. <laughs> Did Paul use this whole thing to get at them in Acts? Yes, in, in his favor. Yes, yes. Pharisees and Sadducees, they do share scriptures until the fifth book of the Bible because the Sadducees believe Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy they were Bible. No more, no more Bible for them. But for the Pharisees, they believe in the whole Old Testament that was the scriptures. So you are going to find differences between them. But there were more differences. Remember, there were not only Sadducees and Pharisees. There were Essenes and they were um, and, and they were Zealots and several others. Watch this. Interesting source. That is the Didache. Uh, chapter 8, verse 1. Well, probably you are going to ask me, well, Pastor, what is the Didache here? What is the Didache? Well, the Didache is not biblical. The Didache is not in the Old Testament. It's not in the New Testament. This is an extra biblical source. This is an extra biblical source. And by the way, it's quite interesting the Didache. Why? Because the Didache or the Didache was a kind of early church manual of the early church. And that, of course, extra biblical source. I am not going to say or to defend today to say that the Didache was inspired because was not it, it was not canonical scripture but in the same way in which you quote history that is coming from a historian that is not in the context of the New Testament or in the context of the Old Testament you are going to say well let's search about what is going on? And the Didache have two things, uh, among others. For example, there are people saying Didache was finished between year 80 through 120, 125. So it's a very early uh, scripture outside the New Testament. And it's the first time in which the, the, that is quoted, go to all the nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That is in the Didache, by the way. So when, when you quote Matthew and some people say, well, uh, I don't believe because... Uh, you know, there are problems in Matthew or something like that. You are going to say, well, how you are going to find out 
that an extra biblical source is quoting Matthew. So here you have an element, interesting element, I will say. And, and here there are some, 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 um, some critical elements. For example, you, you, remember, you remember the parable of Jesus about the Pharisee and, that, uh, and, and the prayer of the Pharisee? And in the prayer, the Pharisee says, Lord, I fast how many times in the week? Twice. Two times. That, that is not an accident here. So the Pharisees, they were having a calendar for fasting. And we know today that also the Essenes, they were having uh, fasting days that do not coincide with the Pharisees. So they were people taking food and abstaining of food in different ways and according to their own personal opinions during the week. And they were coming into the church and somebody says, we need to fast, for example, I don't know, Monday and Thursday. And the other says, no, it's Tuesday and Fridays. And what is that? Apostle Paul says, opinions. Opinions. That is personal opinions. And here you have the Didache saying this. And let not your fasting, that is not taking food, with the hypocrites, for they fast on the second and the fifth day of the week, but do ye keep your fast on the four and on the preparation, the sixth day that is in the Didache. You, you understand? The point is, if you want to search more about that, you are going to uh, go to the um, Andrews University Seminary Studies and uh, look for Raoul Dederen's work on esteeming a day better than another. And you are going to find the article because it's coming from that. And let me tell you something. To me, to me, it's quite understandable according to the text, this, this topic. So this is part of the problem here. And, uh, and I will say that it's very clear for me because it's not Sabbath, it's no law, it's not Sunday also. But there were personal opinions. Traditions coming from people that invented their own, you know, vision, calendar, and interpretation. Remember something that, that is, that is um, and please um, leave it here. Um, and I am on the record that I am in, in a prisoner of the sounds here. Uh, remember that the Apostle Paul was not a scene. Right. He was a Pharisee. Yes, he was. <laughs> in background, yeah. you know? So he was not easily going with, with the Essenes, but um, there, there is a kind of Essenes background 
in the New Testament because they were living in the, in the society in, in those days. Let's jump into another text and, and proceed with, with the process of interpretation. Let's move on, 1 Corinthians chapter 16. And I am selecting this because um, uh, about, what, maybe eight years ago or something, we had a meeting with Angel Manuel Rodriguez in the times in which uh, he was the leader of the uh, Biblical Research Institute. And by the way, he met with, um, with Catholics. And, uh, and he says that they were discussing about Sunday and Sabbath observance. And when we were um, discussing, no, don't worry, don't worry. And when we were discussing together, he says, um, you know, I was surprised what was the text of the New Testament that they used in favor of Sunday, of servants. And um, of servants of Sunday, biblically of servants of uh, Sunday, they use First Corinthians um, uh, uh, 16. Oh, 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 it's here, it's here. 2003. Oh, it's more than 10 years. Okay, now the Apostle Paul says, concerning the collection of the, for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day, me and what? Sabaton. I put how it appears. Me and Sabaton, on the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God had uh, prospered him uh, that there be no gathering uh, when I come. So that is the mention about the first day of the week. And here you have an evidence of what I mentioned yesterday. Remember I say that when Sunday is quoted in the New Testament, it is impossible to quote in Greek Sunday without mentioning Sabbath? Here you have. Here you have the example. Every time that appears the expression, me and Sabaton, or me and ton Sabaton, means the same. First of Sabbath, or first of the Sabbaths. That is the name, because they were no names, individual names, for every single day of the week among them. There were numerical reference of the days of the week. That was first of Sabbath, second of Sabbath, third of Sabbath. So it was very clear in the New Testament that the, the central name was only with one day. That was the Sabbath. So it, it, is, it is for me very difficult to understand how evangelicals are going to support, and of course Catholics, because Catholics, by the way, are not evangelicals, of course. But evangelicals based upon sola scriptura. <clears throat> Catholics, I understand a little bit better because they do not base themselves in the principle of sola scriptura because they believe in the authority of 
the church of the Pope and of the tradition. So it's not a scripture, the essence, but sometimes tradition and authority of the Pope. But here, here the text says, now, concerning the collection of the saints, as I gave him order to the churches of Galatia, even so, the, upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in a store. Okay. The point is that Catholic says, here is an evidence of gathering together and um, on Sundays. Point is, is this evidence? Question. Let's, let's begin to review. Is this text telling that the, the fourth commandment is changed? This is telling you that the day established from creation has been changed? This text is telling you that all the years in which in the Old Testament Sabbaths and the meaning that has for the people of God changed for A, there, there is no evidence. But first of all, first of all, it's mentioning the first day of the week. Yes. No problem. It's the first after the Sabbath. So there is no other way that is Sunday. And, uh, and says to put money apart. That doesn't mean together, together. So here, here, look, look this. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry to put this version in, in Spanish, but uh, yes, I couldn't find in English yet. Um, the, the title of this is Jewish, by the way. It's a Jewish background person, and the title is The Judaism of Jesus. The Judaism of Jesus. And this is a Christian Jewish author that defends the observance of the Sabbath, and he is a shepherdy Christian. Mario Saban is the name of this. And he says that this text, in reality, is not supporting Sunday of Sabbath, but reinforcing Sabbath of Sabbath. Why? Uh, here, is, here is the point. And, and that is the question. I know two, three of you speak Spanish. Usted sabe por qué el domingo se realiza la colecta dominical en las iglesias. He says, do you know why on Sundays we are going to collect the offerings in the churches? That is the meaning of the question, the answer. Porque como todos los primeros cristianos eran judíos y no tocaban dinero en Shabbat, debían realizar la colecta de dinero recién después de terminar el Shabbat y la colecta dominical nace por respeto al Shabbat. Now, the translation. Because as all the first Christians were Jewish background and they didn't touch money during Sabbath day, they have to re uh, to practice the collection of the funds after the finish of the Sabbath. I am here. 
So the Sunday collection was born due to the respect to the Shabbat. Normally what I do, and I am not, I am not uh, an example of anybody, but as soon as I get my salary, I am going to the bank, get a money order cut, and I put all my tithe and offerings and send that by mail to the local church. Simple. Florence, you know that there are several people doing that in the conference and uh, because you were working. And, uh, and I don't know, I, I am not uh, doing some kind of discussion about that. But of course, we are, we are helping local congregations by check prepare before, and that's the point. We, we avoid that, and, and, and we need to, to practice that. But the point is, is not that, because I am not, I am not putting an, at, at stake here the Seventh-day Adventist uh, practices. I am discussing the, te the text of the Bible, and the text of the Bible is very clear that, that has another side that is going to illuminate uh, regarding the meaning of the topic. Okay? Yes? Where does it say that he's going to collect it on Sunday? Well, the, he says here in 1 Corinthians. But, but the collection, remember something. That is a collection going, remember, uh, to the offerings for the saints in Jerusalem. So he says, do that do that um, on the first day of the week, and I'm going to pass by and collect the money and, and go to Jerusalem. Um, uh, I guess it's 1 Corinthians 16, uh, verse 2 and 3. Yeah. Okay. He wants it to be ready so when he goes by, he can get it and go. Yeah, yeah that is, I, I, I will say, this is a... A, a practical I idea, you know. Um, uh, okay. Um, I I am I am going to enter into something that I don't want to miss um, regarding the 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 end of of uh, this hermeneutical presentation because I am a little bit concerned and I do have not too much time regarding that. But let me share with you that I am concerned um, with some critical issues regarding hermeneutics in the church. And, um, and, uh, and let, me, let, me, let me share with you my concern. Because in the future years, you are going to find out um, some kind of developments here. In this moment, for example, there is a big situation affecting the general conference in regarding certain fields um, in USA and in Europe regarding women's ordination. And I've been sharing with you um, some of these things across this week. I mentioned the other day that for me, when you go to 1 Corinthians chapter Three, the verse is very clear, and the authority of the text, it, it is 
untouchable, it is that the, um, the elder has to be a husband of one wife. Um, Mias gunaikos andros. Mias gunaikos andros. It's very clear. You cannot translate that as a woman of one husband. You need to change the text. You need to alter the meaning of the text to say in reverse that. So I do remember when in 1995, um, these two professors of Andrews University, one presented in favor of women's ordination, and the other based all his presentation in PowerPoint, by the way, and that I am talking about the 1995. And in 1995, PowerPoint presentation like this were not too much, you know, um, used to, and was very interesting because he was very didactic, very teacher, very teachable for, for the whole charge. But that was not the method that uh, imposed, just the text. And the text was this text. Today, we are having some kind of revolt against this process. And, and you need to know what are the backgrounds of this. And because we are going under a kind of influence of liberation theology here. And liberation theology in USA is affecting, I will say, Afro-American churches and, uh, and the movements of feminism uh, in, in, in the church. And I'm concerned because um, even though we are not an Afro-American congregation, we are affected by the tendencies of this. I, I share examples across the week. I'm not going to repeat them. But I, I will say that liberation theology has a double manifestation in South America and Inter-America, and that is very political. Very, very, very political. When, when you go to South America, uh, and you and uh, myself, I'm going to present some things in South America, liberation theology presentation is not going to be like here. No, it's completely different. Because in South America and Inter-America is a kind of merge of Marxist doctrine, a sociological event with Bible, with a model of the Exodus of the Old Testament, and um, um, to get freedom from sinful organizations that are in oppressing the people. That, that, is, that is the idea, background, for liberation theology over there. Here is different. Um, here is more, I would say, ideological. Um, there, there are not guerrillas involved, but in Nicaragua, El Salvador, and uh, Colombia, Venezuela, um, Brazil, and Argentina, uh, you are going to find out that, and Peru, of course, of the Peruvian, um, 
because uh, Gustavo Gutierrez is from, from Peru, and that was the ideological person regarding liberation theology. So um, that is, um, that is, this is the gentleman, Gustavo Gutierrez, Peruvian Catholic, author of the book, Liberation Theology, Emilio Castro, Uruguayan, Leonardo Boff, Brazilian, and several others, you know. It is um, a kind of Latin American religious movement that uh, proposed a break with traditional hermeneutics and a new reading of the Bible focus on the political, sociological, economical, and religious manifestations with the objective to modify by all, watch this, by all necessary means that is implying violence, uh, the prevailed political, sociological, economic, and religious conditions of that society. And here are Comandante Marcos, one of the Mexicans, and the FARC, the FARC, in Colombia. And, and you have seen priests, Catholic priests, involved in those movements. And that is important to take in account here. So, um, so this, is, this is the militants in, in, in Latin America. But, but nowadays, and I share with, with you during the week about Elder Camera. I, I already did it. So I'm not going to stop. But he is in favor of stealing, if necessary, to get money to bring food for the house. What? what? Well, that, that, is, that is a problem, you know? That, 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 that is a problem. So the, from my point of view, there are problems with this hermeneutics because the text to read is not the Bible. The text to read is um, the sociological condition of the individual. And in that way, the meaning of the Bible is completely lost in that way. And there is a theological distortion and it appears a church invades the political arena and acts as a political party. And uh, this movement is not theocentric. It's not theocentric, but anthropocentric. It's centered in, in humans and, uh, and in a human philosophy. And Marxism is one of the elements taken here um, because... Um, because that is the quotation that they are going to use. So the text to read is the man's condition and historical condition of the mankind uh, in certain sense. So here, here is a kind of anxious church. Uh, here there is no blessed hope. Uh, there is not a better world. There is not a world in the future, there is not that. And everything happened in this single present time for, from then. No confidence, no passions, not long-suffering, and no coming of the Lord solve the human problems according to that. This is a mix of, of Christian identity. Liberation theology is a syncretic view of Marxism, Bible, and critical method. And the church is not the light of the world. It's not the salt, the salt of the earth. And that, that is the, the problem that I see. Of course, Christ, the church, has not 
uh, to mix this, his views with the views of the world. And that is very clear in the teaching of the Lord Jesus. We are followers of him and uh, not followers of the conditions of the society. Let me, let me share with you something. Let's, let's go to, to um, open the Bible in Matthew. Matthew, book of Matthew 28. And let's go at the end of that. Uh, let's go from verse 16 on. And the 11 disciples, the Bible says, went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. By the way, it is quite interesting, the topic of worship in the book of Matthew. Because the book of Matthew starts with worship Jesus and ends up with worshiping Jesus. When, when the Magoi, the, the kings of the East come, they, they come to Jerusalem and they say that they come to worship Jesus. So you have here the concept of worship in the ministry of Jesus from the beginning through the end. Worship is at the beginning of Jesus' ministry from the beginning unto the end. Another thing, another thing. Jesus started his ministry with the cleansing of the sanctuary and ended up in cleansing the sanctuary. So worship and cleansing are elements in the ministry of the Lord Jesus. Take in count those things. And you're, you, you are going to find out that. Um, but the Bible says, and some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in where? In heaven and in earth. So go ye therefore and teach where? All the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Um, yesterday and across the week, we were uh, telling about the, the critical evidence coming from the grammatics here about the Trinity. Because you get one known name preceded by an article. The name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that is telling you that in grammatics, biblical grammatics, is telling you that there are individualities and equally the three of them, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them, and here is the point, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And I like very much this. Because in teaching theology, in teaching religion, it is not what we please us to teach. 
is what Jesus taught to the disciples to teach. This is theology teaching center. Our theology teaching center is in the Lord Jesus, is in Christ. It's not in the sociological events. It's not in the world conditions. It's not about, you know, these kind of situations in which we are reflecting about our society. And today, we are in the middle of a critical point because we are not theological center in the practice of theology, but it is a very nature in the theology that we are practicing, that we are cultural elements entering into the teaching of theology. The word culture, when you enter into dig, into digging the culture, the concept of culture, you are going to find the condition and conception of cultivating. It's a Latin word for cultivation, for, that is culture. And that means that when the, in the garden, and the, the Lord gave the instruction to cultivate the man, the garden, you remember that, in paradise? That was the responsibility, to cultivate. That was what? That was form the garden according to the teachings of the Lord. Today, we are cultivating the church with a culture that is coming from abroad. But what we need to do is to cultivate the world with the teachings coming from the Bible. And that is our responsibility. Because we need to cultivate and make the culture think about what are the truths coming from the Bible, from the church, not taking into the church the elements that are in the culture. Because in the moment we are bringing the elements of the culture into the church, we are going to make the church in harmony and according to the image of the world, and that is worldliness. That is worldliness. Our message and our mission is to go to the world and make disciples and teaching them all the things that the Lord Jesus has been teaching us. God bless us in this mission and this, this practice and in this vision of making disciples according to his will is my desire and prayer today. Let's have a word of prayer. I'm going to take some questions right now. Father in heaven, thank you. For these moments in which we were um, accomplishing these critical topics, because, Father, we are convinced that we are endangering the church because we are taking elements of the present culture and bringing them into the church. But, Father, you are teaching us to bring the elements of your teaching into the world. Help us to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. This media was 